Hello, you are listening to The Lever Show with Michael Greenwood. How you doing? Today, you are playing my therapist, and I am here sitting on the couch, and I'm hoping that you will help me get something off my chest, something that I've been dealing with for a really long time, binge eating. Now, thankfully, this has, in the last few years, I have drastically improved my relationship with food, but I come from a very, I come from a past of some pretty major overeating issues. And I've been lately trying to figure out exactly how I overcame those. I definitely don't think that, I think eating disorders like any other issue, maybe we could call it uh, an addiction to food. I think like any other addiction, you're always going to wear that affliction on your shoulder, and I certainly do. So I'm not completely absolved from my addiction to food or overeating, but I'm trying to to figure out exactly why that is. I started my overeating journey as a youth. I always remember having a very large appetite, and I call myself a Labrador Retriever with no shut-off valve. I'll just keep on eating until I want to throw up. I remember when I was about four or five, we went to a a local football game, and I had a massive bag of M&Ms, like the kind of family size. I don't even think they they make these anymore because it's just irresponsible, the amount of candy in a single bag. But I just kept on eating and eating and eating, and I threw up, of course, If you eat six pounds of M&Ms, generally that's going to happen, and that happened to me. And that sticks in my head because I remember, like, what's wrong with me? Why do I do this? But I continue to do it. So on any kind of occasion where food was plentiful, usually on holidays or family events, I would stuff myself silly, and I would throw up afterwards. And not because I was making myself throw up, but I was literally so stuffed, I would get queasy and nauseous and just throw up. At this time, I don't think I could call this binge eating because if I had to define binge eating, it's it's knowing that you are satiated, knowing that you are no longer wanting to eat, but you continue to eat anyways. When I was much younger, I think this kind of overeating was more of just not really being completely aware of my satiety signals. So I would I would pass my threshold originally, but I, I didn't necessarily think that I was really full. The real binge eating thing happened after high school, and this is when I would knowingly be full, yet I would continue to put food in my mouth. I think that's that's the big difference between binge eating and somebody who just occasionally will overeat and then they feel a little nauseous. This became a a big problem, as I said, when I graduated from high school. I was a chubby kid, probably 40 or 50 pounds overweight, but I wore it well, so nobody really understood that I had weight issues unless I took my shirt off at the beach and that never happened. After high school, I think partly because of many females breaking my heart, one in particular, but also because I've always been really interested in in athletics and fitness, I started to really want to shape my body. I was running a ton. I, I recognized that I needed to lose weight and I got really obsessed with running. So I'd be running six or seven, eight miles a day and chronically under eating. 
I was on a couple Eggo waffles in the morning and maybe a salad or two later in the day. I was probably eating a thousand calories maximum with this massive caloric expenditure through running. That was a great recipe for losing 50 pounds over the course of two and a half months during a summer. And, and this is where the first signs of an eating disorder really started creeping in. I remember the diet was so on point. This thousand calorie diet was so on point, at least. I knew that these were the foods that I could eat and I'd step on the scale the next day and I would drop weight. I would sometimes step on the scale and it would be a, a pound less each and every day. But occasionally when the family was over or on the weekends, the, the parents would have some pizza, round table pizza, I would indulge and I would eat four or five, six slices because my body was starving and that's a normal amount of pizza to eat. But I would punish myself with more exercise. And I think I've, I've heard since that this is a form of bulimia where you're not necessarily purging. You're, you're not actually going to be sticking your finger down your throat. You're, you are still trying to eliminate that consumption of food by exercise. So I would immediately after eating these six slices of pizza go for a seven or eight mile run just to punish myself to burn off the calories that I thought I consumed. I would definitely label this disordered eating around this time. I was tiptoeing along this dysfunctional relationship with food already. But I think this is a, a, an important point on the timeline where no longer am I able just to eat when I'm hungry. So at, at this point, food isn't necessarily just input of energy. I'm not no longer just eating intuitively. This is the point in my life where I'm starting to grow an emotional attachment towards food. But anyway, I continued eating this way and punishing myself with exercise until I sort of reached my goal. I was a very svelte 150. I'm 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and that was the lowest weight I had been probably since middle school or probably elementary school, goddamn. But I had reached the pinnacle of what I thought was capable by the freshman year of college. And I kind of shifted my goals. I was already starting to do some resistance training. We have some some weights in, our, in my father got me some weights in our backyard when I was much younger. And I was started utilizing that, uh, bench pressing and, and doing some bicep curls. I was really just training arms for the longest time throughout high school. But now come freshman year, I started perusing the bodybuilding forums, bodybuilding.com. And I found some programs that I could follow that could build up my whole body. And this is what my new goal became not only being very lean, but I have for the longest time had a photo of Brad Pitt from Fight Club in my room. And I wanted that body. I wanted that ridiculously shredded look that was muscular and dense and dry and just super conditioned year round. So I knew I need to be lean as hell. So I need to continue that cardio, which I was doing, but I needed to develop some muscle. Otherwise you just look like a twig. I, I wasn't skinny fat at this point. I had a decent frame on me, but I definitely needed to build. With the building comes the classic. I say this with a slight cringe on my face. This is where the bulk comes in. Continuing and absolutely perpetuating my dysfunctional eating thus further. When you want to put on weight, you go on bodybuilding.com. You find the program suited for you and you punch in your little metrics on the on the TDEE calculator to come up with your caloric demands for the day. 
and you add the classic 500 or 1,000 calories on top of that so you can put on weight fast. And I was really interested in that. Ooh, that means I get to eat more. Coming off of 1,000 calories a day, let me start eating 4,000 calories a day. That was all right, but I saw fat accumulate really fast. So I'd be eating 4,000 calories for a week, and then I would chicken out, and then I'd go back to my standard couple salads a day diet, 1,000 calories, running a ton. I was dipping my toe in the water of this bulk, but I was too chicken shit to ever jump in fully. One of the things that I was so frustrated about looking on all these bodybuilding forums was the recommendation that you need to be eating six meals a day, which makes sense if you're eating four or 5,000 calories a day, but it just didn't work with my schedule. I was a freshman in college. I was commuting too, and I had a full roster of classes to get through. And I wasn't as nutritionally savvy or culinarily savvy in the kitchen back then. So eating that frequently did not appeal to me. But there was a forum. You could do the deep dive on the bodybuilding.com forum under the nutritional section. And there was meals eating now. And this thread existed for years and years. And you could go back for hundreds of pages and see what all of these people participating on the forum were eating a lot of these bodybuilders and i was seeing some really impressive meals no longer was this the standard oats chicken and broccoli and tilapia standard diets that other bodybuilding protocols recommended but some of these guys were eating really delicious foods and they said they were following an iifym diet if it fits your macros that was definitely different than my couple salads a day diet where these guys were pulling off making peanut butter sandwiches out of Pop-Tarts. Ooh, I must try that. How, how can you eat such a thing? Well, come to find out that a lot of these guys are not only participating in an if-it-fits-your-macros style diet where they're fitting it in, fitting in those naughty foods on a daily routine. They're also intermittent fasting, some of them doing an OMAD style diet. OMAD meaning one meal a day. Very interesting. That harkens back to my identity as a big eater. Well, I certainly can put down a lot of food. In fact, I historically have done it up to the point of nausea and vomiting. If I can fit all my calories into one meal, imagine the kinds of creations I could be making up in the kitchen. It didn't. I didn't jump straight into OMAD, but I experimented with this fasting thing. It was challenging as hell, but I pushed my fast. I was at the time eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I, I eventually, I originally pushed breakfast a little bit later to 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. to 12, and I was still eating my three meals a day, but it just didn't really make sense to be eating three meals within that short window of time. So then I just made it two big meals, lunch and dinner. And then finally, come late freshman year of college, enter OMAD, and I'm consuming 2,000 500, 3,000 calories all in one meal at the end of the day. I would go hard. We're talking four burger patties, massive amounts of cheese type cheeseburgers. Un I would have to unhinge my jaw python style to wrap my mouth around these things. I was creating really decadent meals. And this is during the same time where I became really fascinated with cooking too. So the possibilities were endless. When you have 3,000 calories to play with all in one meal, I was creating some ridiculous things. Some of my favorite being burgers, pizza, pasta, 
tacos, all these kinds of things. Mm. Okay, so I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I'm realizing that before OMAD ever happened, this was my first experience with the binge. The binge occurrence is happening and it sneaks in on you. And like, it's not until it happens afterwards, and I mean like years afterwards, that I'm only starting to realize now what the hell that was. Like, oh, that's binge eating, that's dysfunctional eating. At the time, it it's like a lightning bolt that you you can't see in the moment. You only see the area around you illuminated for a split second, and then it's gone, and it's darkness. So let me backtrack a little bit to the more bro-style diet. I was trying to do the six meals a day thing, as any aspiring bodybuilder must do if they are reading the directions of how to become a bodybuilder on bodybuilding.com. You got to eat your Tupperware meals. And I was doing that. I was, I was eating oatmeal in the morning and I was having my whey protein midday and my tilapia. <laughs> I have not had tilapia in so many years, but I remember eating copious amounts of tilapia because I thought that was a thing. Super flavorless. I, I didn't even know about salt so much back in my early culinary days. So everything was really under seasoned, but I was trying to experiment with spices and things to make things f- flavorful because I knew there must be more to life than unseasoned chicken breast and whitefish. So I, this is kind of where I started my, my plight in the culinary world, trying to make things more flavorful with a canvas of typical bodybuilding foods spread in small meals throughout the day. So I was eating that kind of bland food, but I would remember with my my interest in cooking, I would cook on the weekends for my parents and we'd have a, a big old feast of a dinner. And this is where I would kind of let my hair down a little bit and introduce some types of foods that I wouldn't necessarily be eating during the week. I remember one time I, I wanted, I heard of this really cool recipe where you crust halibut with pistachios, crushed pistachios and you fry that up in a little olive oil in a pan and you get a nice kind of fried fish feeling. And I made that and I made a big old batch and everybody gets a, a portion of it, but I just kept on eating and eating. Like, well, for one, this is the fattiest thing I've had in, in months. Oh my God, this is delicious. This is much better than just plain old white fish. And I kept on eating and eating. This was probably one of my first binges where I experienced this delicious food, homemade meal. I was full. I ate probably a pound of halibut with that, that pistachio crust on it and we had some sides some veggies that I had made and I thought oh my god I this is fantastic but I can't stop and I know I've already blown my calories through for for the day so screw it I've got a car I've been craving peanut butter by the way I'm gonna go drive to my local food store and I'm gonna pick my ass up a massive jar of peanut butter and I go to the grocery store and my belly is full of food it's ridiculous it's like nine or ten o'clock at night on a Sunday and I've got class in the morning, and here I am, uh, and I, I've got this peanut butter in hand. I know I'm going to eat this whole freaking thing because this is the dream, but it's kind of weird if you're just buying peanut butter. What other cravings do I have? Because I've already passed the calories for the night. I might as well just screw it. I will annihilate myself, and I go in the baked goods section. What looks good there? The sweets are crazy. The baked goods section, uh, they have a half pie there. A half pie seems good. That's like a single serving. It's not a full pie. They cut this pie in half. I'm going to buy this half pie. And there are some chocolate chip cookies that look pretty good, fresh baked. I'm going to grab those too. So there I am in the checkout line at the food store, 10 o'clock at night. Already had a very satiating dinner. And this is where the binge started happening because 
I, I take a couple. I, I'm full. I there's no. Maybe I need a little sweets, and maybe I need a, like a couple cookies. But it doesn't stop there. I'm eating the full apple pie, the full half pie. I'm eating an entire jar of peanut butter. So that was probably like three thousand, four thousand calories right there, and then a couple more thousand calories with the sweets. So I'm about seven, eight thousand calories in for the day. That's enough. The boy is fed. He's got his refeed. I'm way past the point of satiety. My brain is shut off at this point, though. And all I can think about is you screwed up your diet. God damn. Just make yourself more miserable. I don't think this thought is conscious in my head, but all I can think about is more and more food. I have no control over how I feel anymore. Therefore, I'm going to do the only thing that I know will make me feel good stuffing more food in my face and getting that mouth pleasure. But God knows as soon as I swallow and I feel my bloated belly expand even more, I'll be miserable. Anybody who has binge eating has probably got to know this situation where you don't have any appetizing looking food around your house, but you still want to continue to stuff your goddamn face. This is where the binge eating gets really disgusting because here I am, I've got the 8,000 calories down and I still want to stuff my face even more. It's probably midnight at this point. We've got some fiber one bars on top of the refrigerator. I'm going to have four or five of those. Oh my God, talk about bloat. And I just, I'm stuffing my face with food that I don't even want to eat. That is probably the greatest definition of what binge eating means to me. This was the first time that this happened. This shit would go down every single weekend from here to pretty much the end of college. But that's where OMAD came in handy. Let's come back to, fa let's fast forward. I've started my binge eating history and I have no idea that I'm even a binge eater. It just like happens. I wake up the next day and my belly hurts. My whole body hurts from the skin and the sodium and the bloat that I have. All I can do is not eat. And that's where the fasting came in. And I thought, oh, well, I'm already fasting. I might as well start trying this, this one meal a day situation because I'm a big eater. I keep on identifying myself as a big eater at least. And I can somewhat get away with these larger quantities of food. Maybe that will help me uh, reduce this need for bigger cheat meals on the weekends. That's a little bit of the history of how I became a binge eater. The boy himself grew up a big eater. That's There's nothing wrong with that. I think that's in our biology to stuff your face full because you don't really know when the next famine's going to come. As Rob Wolf would say, we're wired to eat, especially with the hyper palatable foods that we are constantly exposed to in our industrial society. As I became more interested in shaping my body, losing weight, and then building muscle, I started to ex expose myself to some radical concepts such as fasting, such as meal frequency. I backed myself into a corner with a very unappetizing diet throughout the week, which was the inciting incident, I think, with the binge eating. I was starving from within, probably really craving fat because I had a pretty standard low-fat bodybuilder-style diet for that six months, that first year of college. And then all of a sudden, that binge eating started happening, and I was like, what the hell? What is, what's going on? This is definitely not going to take me closer to my goals but I justified it as it being a cheat meal. If, I guess you just don't stop eating. You can consider it a meal even if it's four or five or six hours later. I 
ballooned back up to about 210 by the end of college with all this behavior. I definitely built some muscle during this time, and I had successfully lost some weight during this time too. I would yo-yo back and forth, bulk, cut, bulk, cut. It always felt more like a perpetual cut though, because in my head I had weight to lose, especially with after each weekend of these binge eating, it would pretty much be lowering the calories, fasting longer, doing a one meal a day thing, binge, restrict, binge, restrict. I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger because this takes me to the, the threshold of my binge eating career where I, I start to figure things out. It wasn't just one thing, but I, I think I'll, I'll make this a, a two-part series of my binge eating past because I need to think a little bit more about what exactly it was that, that changed things for the better for me. I'll leave you at this dark time of my life, probably one of the darkest times because I wasn't really sharing this with anybody either. I had this really terrible binge eating past, but I was hiding it behind the romanticization of what we do in bodybuilding, of the standard you get to indulge every once in a while, so long as you restrict the rest of the time. Ooh, man, okay. I'm getting some thoughts out and I'm liking where this is going. Thank you very much for listening. I love you guys very much. You're my therapist in all this. I hope you realize. Have a lovely day. Talk soon.